And we sang at the start, Hallelujah, God above it all. And I heard you all sing it, or say it, holler it, whatever your sound is. Hallelujah, God unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. And when we look at our lives and shine that light of Jesus on them, we get to see that he is above it all. So whatever your it is, God's above that. That means he doesn't lower himself to the level of your distress, your anxiety, your circumstance. He comes into it to lift you up, out of it, plant you on a rock and restore life and wholeness and fullness. So when we get this taster of keys to freedom, that's essentially what it is. There's lots of chapters with different titles, different frameworks, different labels, but ultimately it's us saying, God, I choose to allow you to embrace me and I'll embrace you back, allow you into my circumstance to pull me out of it, God, because you're the only one who can do that. And he does that without judgment, without condition, without criteria. He says, I chose you, I made you, I see you. So I'm gonna do this for you. It doesn't matter about the person on your left, on your right, in front of you, behind you, because God chooses you and he chooses them. It seems really insignificant trying to do a preach now. <laughs> oh, yes, I know it has value, but um, I, God's just like, Tara, I'm here. <laughs> so, key number two renewing your mind. <clears throat> it says in the Bible, we should read some Bible. Yeah, yeah, we should. Chapter 12 of Romans, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. What's not to love? Is it an overnight thing? No. It's the beginning of a process. So this, what we all just engaged in just now, is the beginning or the catalyst as part of a process that we've all said yes to and stepped into. Whatever that looks like right now, I guarantee you can look back on this moment in a day, in a week, however long. Time is, you know, not much to God really, he's outside of it. He doesn't have a watch. You'll look back and it'll be significant. Something has changed. Because you said yes to God. You might not have a name for it. You might not know exactly what it is. But something has changed. Because we've anchored ourselves to God who is unshakable. He's immovable. 
this process, this discipline of choosing to renew our mind, because it's a choice. God doesn't just come in and go, foomph, new mind. It'd be fantastic if he did, but he doesn't. He says, you can choose this, or you cannot choose this. I won't love you any less, but I offer you the option to allow me to transform and renew your mind. It's a process, it's a discipline, it's a way of life. And the picture I got for that was brushing my teeth. Best off when it's done daily, not just once. God, renew my mind right now. Okay, I've done that tick. We're one step closer to heaven. <coughs> Brush my teeth today, Lord. Tick, done that. Teeth all drop out. Toothless wonder, grinning at you. Not brilliant. It's a process. It's not a one-off. The word of God is one of our greatest weapons against the enemy. If we didn't have an awareness or a knowledge of the word of God, not many of us would have stepped into that encounter that we just experienced. That's why it's so important to hold the word of God and the spirit of God in tension. Healthy tension, not one against the other, but together. We've got to soak it up like a sponge. And that's not just me saying we have to soak it up like a sponge. Jesus says, come to me. Because when the enemy comes and whispers lies in our ear, reminds us of our insecurity, holds up that big shiny mirror and goes, I see all of you. All of the sore bits, the pointy bits, the dirty bits, the blah bits. If we start looking into that, and we've looked away from our Heavenly Father, because He shows us a reflection of ourselves. In, in us, He sees joy, wonder, peace, health, wholeness, life, light, love, and all these other amazing things. That's what renewing our mind is all about. Because when we get that head to heart transfer, we start cultivating an environment and an atmosphere where seeds can grow. But depending on what we allow into our head to filter into our heart, depends on whether it's the good seeds or the bad seeds, the good fruit or the bad fruit. We have a responsibility to steward the thoughts that we entertain in our head. So who are you inviting round to dinner in your spiritual life? I don't mean, oh, well, Clive's round, Jerry's round. I don't mean that. I mean, what thoughts and voices are you entertaining? What truths and what lies are you entertaining? Who's got a seat at your table? Because if it's fear that's sat at your table, I'd strongly encourage you to ask God which dinner guest he'd rather you had round. Because I bet he'd swap fear for love. Because love casts out all fear. If it's doubt and anxiety, I'd give you my last Rolo because God would have you have hope round instead and faith and peace. If it's insecurity, I think God would have you have identity set around your table instead. That's what renewing your mind is all about. I've got a friend who's exceptionally brilliant at stewarding that kind of thought life of renewing his mind, of viewing the world through a kingdom lens. So, amigo, <laughs> yes, that was you. You missed your cue. <laughs> he sounds great. Who's this guy? <laughs> I want to be his friends. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, this is Mark. <laughs> 
And Mark presses into realms of the kingdom that I've not even heard of. He has encounters with God that I dream about having one day. So he's an excellent person to share about renewing your mind. Because he does it daily, hourly, sometimes, yeah. continually. So I'm going to let him share for, is five minutes long enough? Yeah, five, yeah, it's good. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing here. Speaking more into the people on the floor. That rhymes, doesn't it? More to the people on the floor. Shaking them. And at the back. Let's have a wave. All the way. Yeah, a wave, physical wave. Yeah, yeah, receive it. Okay, Mark, focus. Um, so the scripture that Lisa read out was, which was, was that the Passion Translation? That's amazing. I love the Passion Translation. The thing is, I, I remember scripture in the NIV, which is kind of like, you know, so. So the Romans 12, 1 and 2, so in view of God's mercy, which is um, not getting what we do deserve, which I love that. So in the context of that, think about that. Not getting what we do deserve. Right, the horrible stuff that we deserve because of what we've done, but Jesus has actually cancelled all of those things. He's paid the price. So in view of God's mercy, offer your souls and bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, acceptable to God. Then you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the fruit of that is that you can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah? So we know, and so that's, that's fact. And um, the other fact is that we have, you have the mind of Christ. That's another fact. And, and that's in Corinthians. And then in, that's I think in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, it says that actually we're supposed to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. That's another fact. So we can, we've got the mind of Christ. We can choose to, be, um, to have our mind renewed. And as Lisa was saying, it's not just you cleaning your teeth once and think, I've done it. This is a lifestyle thing. And you will have an opportunity, an opportunity today to take captive a thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. That's part of the lifestyle, isn't it? It isn't to beat yourself up because you've had that thought. It's what you do with it. Do you invite it around for dinner? My terminology is, do you, do you kind of put curtains up for it? Do you give it a new kind of landscape? Do you buy a new sofa for it to sit down and be comfortable? Or do you say, actually, you've got no right to be in my mind and go to Christ Jesus? Does that make sense? So actually you don't beat yourself up before because actually sometimes the enemy just throws stuff at you and you think, where did that come from? And you think, well, that's, I'm not making a home for that. Just quickly go, yeah? So um, I want to share a quick, quick thing which some of you know about is the fact that um, a big deal for me, so I'm all about um, renewing my mind and, and um, all this scripture and I remember being in Bethel, first I went to Bethel, which was probably about 2008. I'd driven 400 miles down from um, Oregon uh, from a works conference to be there for, for one night and a day. I was flying home. And I was in the middle of the worship and I was saying, God, I've given you my heart, da, 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 da. You, know, you know I have. And then God said, have you given me your mind? 
And when you're in the middle of worship like we were today, your resistance to God is really low. So I said, yeah, of course, you know, I'll give you my mind because I'd, n- I'd really never given, done that before. And then I saw my mind, as it were, in the spirit kind of go off. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, that's my job. You know, that's my profession. You know, that's global world professor. That's, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, that's more than I thought. You know, and the rest. I thought, well, it's too late now. (laughs) You know, (coughs) I thought, it's too late. I've done it. You know, I'm in a safe place. And then, um, and then I, to cut a long story short, I, it was then returned to me, really, um, from heaven, a, 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 an amazing mind. And part of the fruit of that is, is some of the things that um, at, at work and everything else that have actually taken two and a half years, which in the natural would have taken 245. So that is a fruit of that. So if you're saying, well, it's all very nice, Mark, and what I'm going to tell you in the next two minutes all sounds very floaty and feely and stuff like that, that actually makes a difference. And so it's actually because of that, you know, um, making a difference to to revenues of of faculties and all that sort of stuff has come from those moments. Fruit, real fruit, that you can touch and feel and it makes a difference to people's lives, right? That That is what it's about, yeah? That's the fruit of that. But because of that, immediately, as soon as the mi- my mind came back to me from heaven, I immediately had this whole heavenly experience when I saw an angel in front of me combing my hair with oil, with a comb, one angel either side with trumpets in my ears, one arranging a sash and, and uh, a, a robe, and the other one uh, doing something with my feet. And I thought, God, I'm either having a nervous breakdown or this is real, because it was so real. Two of the leaders from ministry from Bethel came over to me after five minutes and said, Mark, uh, well, they didn't they find my name and said, Mark, um, we, we don't normally do this, but it was so obvious to us that, that we've been watching you for the last five minutes. Do you know there are five angels around you, one combing your hair, two with trumpets in your ears, one with, you know, da-da-da. So they were seeing exactly that which was going on. And some of you know the fact that I, you know, see angels a lot now and things like that. That came because of that moment. So ever since then, that my whole heavenly realm experience has opened up to another level and beyond that with other encounters. But that started with, with actually God saying, Mark, do you want, can you give me a mind? And my answer was yes, because I'm very good at saying yes to God. So, so I've run out of time, but I hope that's encouraged you with, with, with stuff. Thank you. One yes to God changes everything. Your yes to coming along today will have an effect in the rest of our lives. I'm going to park that there because it's only supposed to be a taster to a key to freedom. So if you'd like to step into more freedom, (laughs) sign up to the course when we run it. (laughs) Or just sit down with God and say, I want to be more free, Lord. The second key that I was invited to share a little bit about was choosing to forgive. Yes, you all look thrilled. I was as well. (laughs) 
but it's really powerful. There's power in the act of forgiveness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those who embrace me will experience the life-giving light and never walk in darkness. Yep. We'll have a bit of that. Sometimes we can really enjoy walking around in darkness because it can be easier and more familiar than stepping out into the light. Oh, I'm all exposed. I'll go over here in the shadows. Jesus says, no, embrace me. When you embrace God, it is yes to a partnership. It's a lifelong thing. You're not alone or isolated. And that's really important when looking at forgiveness. It's not saying everything is okay or that you're fine with whatever has happened or that it's justified or that there aren't consequences. It's really important to, to make that statement because oftentimes we can look at forgiveness and go, oh, but you don't know what they've done and how horrible they are. Oh, you don't know what I've done and how awful I've been. Well, hallelujah, God above it all. Speaks very much to God Almighty, not God all tiny. So I put it to you that God's big enough to handle any unforgiveness that we might have or any struggle we have around that. He doesn't just click his fingers and expect everything to be fine and all ironed out. Because just like renewing your mind, it's a process. And when we have a choice to embrace, or not to. But when we choose to forgive, we release the person and situation into God's hands and allow him to keep his place as judge. Allow him to keep his place as God of grace and allow him to keep his place as a God of love. Because I guarantee we absolutely need his love and grace if we're moving into a place of forgiveness. Because it's really hard. And may we never lose our wonder at what God can do. And what he does do. I don't know what people have done. People don't know what I might have done. But I do know that if I choose to be anchored to this God that is unshakable, I can loose myself and release these broken bits unto him and cultivate an environment where the broken stuff doesn't have to take root and produce really bitter fruit. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with somebody who's quite bitter or if you've ever sucked a lemon that tastes really off and you kind of go, <coughs> licked a nettle, chewed a wasp, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I bet you've all seen people who look as though they have and you think, what the dickens is wrong with you, pal? Well, <laughs> nettles for lunch. <laughs> if we wander around and keep hold of that unforgiveness, <laughs> it's very much like that when people encounter you. And that's the lens through which you then perceive the world and everything in it. There's a darkness, there's a clouding over, there's a misting over, there's a... There's a bitterness, there's, everything's barbed. You know, people who think the world is always against them? Well, that oftentimes happens because there's a lack of forgiveness somewhere. They've been hurt, barriers have come up, walls have been built. We've all done it. But we get an opportunity to choose to forgive. And I don't just mean forgive another person. Sometimes it's God that we need to forgive. God, I asked you and you didn't come in and do this, what I asked you. 
the mystery of our faith. But it says, you said. I don't have a lot of time to delve into that tension, nor a desire, if I'm honest. But, uh, <laughs> but God absolutely is in that process with us. So when we choose to delve into that tension, he turns up, he delivers, he stands alongside us and helps unwind the stuff. Forgiveness isn't easy. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So we come into him. Sometimes we're not even aware that we hold unforgiveness and we can't see if we're being tripped up by it. At this point, I'm going to invite the lovely Jackie Lincoln down. Come on down. What's your name? Where do you come from? Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Lisa's quite right, isn't it, in she about, you know, forgiveness. And we all think that we know what we've got to forgive. But in the case of freedom, it had, you know, ask God if there's any unforgiveness that you have in your life. So I expected major, major things to come up, because I've had a few. Um, but God said, when you were seven, this happened to you. And I, you know, when you open your eyes, I went, seven? Are you joking? Seven? I'm a bit older than seven now. When I was seven, I had a very happy childhood. I had a very lovely, lovely family. When I was seven, a friend of mine said, I want to be friends with her and not you. That has rocked my life, unbeknown to me, and it has affected my decisions in, in making friendships, in relationships. I've always towed the line. I've always not thought, oh, well, my opinion doesn't matter. You know, but from when I was seven. So I've gone back and I've forgiven that person. And then we had, we had Mark in our group, and Mark said, for seven days, ask God for a word. I went, well, if you speak to me then. So anyway, I, I did. And what happened was I used to live on a, on a street that had a church at the top. And I always thought that God was inaccessible. And he lived in that church. I used to go because my mum wanted rid of me on a Sunday. And she used to send me up, up to, to go to church. And, I, and in those that week, I found myself looking over the wall as a little girl when it was high. And I couldn't see, and I couldn't get there. And as the week went on, the wall suddenly became a gate. And then the gate was open, and there Jesus was. So, do you know, all those years since I was seven, I've thought that Jesus was inaccessible, but now I know that he wasn't. And that's what Keys to Freedom does. Keys to Freedom gives you that key to freedom. So there you go. Thank you, Jackie. I'm going to invite the band back up now, if that's okay. I've not run out of things to say, but it is a taster to keys to freedom. And I firmly believe that whenever we, re we release a word from God, whether it's scripture or something we feel he's given us, there's an opportunity to take hold of what God would like to do next. So as the band play and we move into ministry time and stuff, um, this isn't an opportunity to recreate the encounter we just had 20 minutes ago. <laughs> By all means, find a place in heaven once again. Find a place in his presence once again.
but I'd encourage you to ask him what it is he'd like to do in you today. If there's a bit of your mind God would like to be starting to renew. If there's a bit further down the process God would like to move you on in. If there's some forgiveness that needs to be released in your life, whether with yourself or to God or another person. If there's a fruit God would like to grow in you or a root that he'd like to dig up. He's gentle and he's kind and he's gracious. So yeah, Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are who you say you are. Thank you that you are God above it all. Thank you that you're God unshakable. And thank you that you have done great things. So enable us, Lord, to stand again in that place of faith. And if we can't find our own faith to stand on, that we'd come alongside somebody who's got a bit of space and a bit of faith. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you.